You're listening to Building Bold Connections, a podcast where we explore the creative ways business leaders have solved professional challenges to gain success and build net worth from their network. On today's episode, we have Sean Taylor, CPA and CEO with Smith & Howard. Here is episode seven of Building Bold Connections. Welcome to Building Bold Connections. I'm your host, Tyra Burton. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Sean Taylor, CEO of Smith & Howard. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with us. Thank you, Tyra. I'm very happy to be here. So my first question, because I'm a marketer, is what sparked your interest in accounting? Well, when I was a kid growing up, I had a neighbor uh, that was older than me. He already had a wife and children, and I was about 13 years old, and I would be out in the driveway shooting baskets after school, and he would always stop by on the way home, and he'd get out of the car, and he'd shoot baskets with me, and he just became a good, close family friend. And I asked my dad one day, I said, Dad, what does is, what is Mr. Luck do? L-U-C-H-T. John Lucked was his name. Okay. And, uh, and my dad said, well, he's an accountant. And I said, well, that's what I want to do. So it was really just based upon uh, uh, someone being very friendly to me and stopping and taking time to uh, spend time with a 13-year-old kid. And so I actually asked about it at my high school. I went to Brookwood High School out in Snellville, Georgia. And they had an accounting class that they offered. Did they really? They sure did. And I took it, and it clicked. And so I I knew what I wanted to do when I was 17 years old, if you can believe that. That's amazing. And just the drive to keep doing it, because you've been at your firm for over 30 years. Yeah, I'm very fortunate. Yeah, I'm very blessed to have found uh, my home really straight out of school. Because you interned there, I think. I did. I did. So I went to the University of Georgia. Sorry, Kennesaw State fans. but It's okay. Uh, I'm a yellow jacket. Yeah. Well, you and I are... It's okay. okay. We'll, we'll talk. But uh, I did graduate from Georgia in 1993. And in January of 94, Smith & Howard offered me an internship. And I took that internship and worked it for three and a half months. And I tricked them because they offered me a full-time job starting uh, uh, in April of 94, and I took it, and I've never looked back. So you're almost to your anniversary. Almost to the anniversary. So what gets you excited to keep coming to work every day? Well, my job today is very different than my job was in April of 94. (laughs) I would Um, hope so. (laughs) We're doing some really great things at Smith & Howard. We're growing very, very fast. And with that becomes new opportunities. Uh, My role as Chief Executive Officer of Smith & Howard Advisory has me focused on our brand and on our vision and on really just pursuing the the goals that we've set for ourselves. And I lead that for our firm. So when people think of an accountant, they think of doing financial statements or doing tax returns. And and I've sort of stopped doing that now. And my job is really to lead our team of partners and our team of chiefs, chief executive officers, uh, chief uh, talent officers, chief marketing officers, chief human resource officers, all of our C-suite of shared services towards our goals. And so it's very different than what I've grown up doing. And I mean, that, that, that's exciting to me. So how did you prepare for that shift? Because that's, that's quite a 180. Yeah, it really is. Uh, about 20 years ago, I knew that I needed to work on what I would call executive presence. I knew I needed to have some ability to have good communication skills and be able to, to talk to people. Because if you're very technical, it's great. But sometimes 
that communication gets lost. So I wanted to communicate better. I wanted to present myself better. Many of our clients are nonprofits. And so you have boards of very um, prestigious individuals that you want to be able to present well for. And so uh, I looked into different types of training for myself. And ultimately, the thing that I've committed to the longest is an organization called Vistage. And it's a group of leaders, Mm -hmm. essentially. There's groups for chief executive officers. There's groups for key leaders in businesses. They meet once a month. They talk about business issues. You can bring your own issues to the group that can be processed. We have speakers of all types of backgrounds that come and present on various topics. So I've used those learnings over the years to essentially develop the skill set that I needed to have when uh, it was time for our managing partner at the time, who happened to be John Lucht. Oh, my heavens. Yeah, no. uh, circling back to the beginning of the story. That's yep. fabulous. When he was looking to uh, retire, uh, the firm needed uh, its next uh, managing partner is what we called it. Today we call it a chief executive officer. And uh, I was ready. I had been prepared for that. And the partners wanted me in that role. And so I graciously accepted. That's wonderful. I love the fact that you kept learning even beyond just the accounting. Because keeping up with accounting is hard on its own. But also continuing that leadership development. There's a, there's a lot of recurring teaching that we do for everyone at the firm. Whether it's technical training staying up to date with the latest and greatest news coming out of the IRS or the Financial Accounting Standards Board. We always have to be sure that we're on track with all the current technical standards are. But then we also train our employees on just exactly what I just described, the soft skills. We, We want them to be able to feel like they can present themselves and put their best foot forward. So we're constantly learning. I think the age of learning everything you need to know in a four or five year period when you go to college is well behind us. And so this thirst for knowledge is really, it, it, it's a big part of my life and it's a big part of most everybody that works at the firm. Well, it seems like Smith & Howard has really good professional development. So I know the career directory in accounting is a little bit different. Can you explain what would be typical for somebody that's going into accounting, how they would their career might progress? Yeah, absolutely. So when you enter into accounting, it's it's always a challenge, first of all, to try to know what direction within accounting you want to go, because accounting is a pretty broad yeah, descriptor for what we do. So do I want to go into bookkeeping? Do I want to go into audit services? Do I want to entertain tax services? Or perhaps I want to do something like sales taxes. We've got some other services that are a little non-traditional as it relates to CPA firms. So you you work with some people that have been in the firm for several years to determine what track works best for you. And many times you'll try it out. You'll do an internship. We have a great internship program at Smith & Howard. uh, And and that internship is a way for us to get to know you as a student or someone who's just starting in their career. Yeah, absolutely. And for you to get a sense for the culture of the firm, but also the specific day-to-day duties that you have. And so assuming you like what you've interned in and you stay on and do a full-time job with us, which many of our interns do stay and work full-time with us after their internship, you begin a path of learning really. And it's very supervised. You're very rarely put in an individual situation with a client. You typically have a senior or supervisor or a manager or a partner. These are all levels in the firm who can work with you 
to help guide you on what we need you to do to help with the project that you're on, but also to train you while you're working on the job. And, and that takes some time. A, a lot of this is time driven in that you do have to have certain experiences that come with working over the course of a few years. But my track was I started as a staff person in April of 94 and I made partner in January of 2003. So it was about a nine or 10 year period to me for me to go from the very beginning levels at the firm to becoming a, a partner in the firm, which I think is a, is a decent time frame because there's a lot of learning that goes on along those 10 years. But all along the way, we have a mentoring program, so you have mentors that work with you. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very um, conversational process. It's a very uh, interactive process, lots of meetings, and those meetings tend to cover the agendas that the uh, that the staff person wants to cover. That's wonderful. I think that when you're leading, finding out what your staff person needs is so important. You've been a very active recruiter and have spoken about recruiting good people being one of the most pressing business challenges. Why do you think it's become harder to recruit, and how does your organization hire and retain good people? It's a great question. I, I think our growth is only slowed down by the speed at which we can recruit. So uh, our ability to grow and grow at a pace that we'd like to grow is really first and foremost based upon finding good people. And so in order to do that, we have to be very active in the community, which that's where it starts, right? Because if you're going to want to work for an organization, I think it's beyond just the technical work that they do or even who they do the work for. It's what else do they do outside of that? So we're very active in the community, and the community is not just within Metro Atlanta where we are. We go outside of the city as well, and that activity also takes place on campuses. So Kennesaw State and a number of others, we spend a great deal of time on campus working with accounting professors or other business leaders within the university to try to give back in ways that benefit the university, benefit the students. So we, we are noticed because of that, and that is an, is an attraction to our firm. I think also we've developed a reputation over the last 52 years of business that is a valuable asset. In fact, I say it's our most valuable asset is our, is our reputation. And so we're known in the community, and that provides us opportunity for people referring candidates over to us. The number one reason it's so hard to recruit right now is there's more accounting and finance jobs needed to be filled than there are accounting and finance students and graduates to fill those jobs. So you're really working with a blend of trying to automate some of what we do to reduce the requirement of the number of people that you need. And then of course, a full-fledged approach and focus on recruiting top talent. Once you have that talent, how you keep them, which was the other part of your question, Absolutely. is critical. The mentoring program is a big part of it, spending time with them. We map out a career path for them from day one for how they get from A to Z. That's, that's very unique. Yeah, we do. So as that's soon as wonderful. you start with us, we lay out what that career path looks like. So they know what mm -hmm. they need to do to get from A to Z. They know what to do to get from A to B and B to C, C. and so on and so forth. And so by laying that out for them, they have a real visual sense of where they need to go using their mentor, using other leaders to help them along that path. By laying that out and then really pointing to them, all right, in year two, 
you'll have these resources to help you. In year four, you'll have these resources to help you. Gives them clarity on what they need to do. And, and it gives them something to aim for, a goal to right. set. And it's not it's, they're um, not wandering around, wondering. Exactly. Just w- leaving it to chance, so to speak. They're, no, they're in control of their career. So you, you mentioned while you were talking about automation and how it kind of helps you with recruiting, and it's been something that's more important in the accounting profession. What do you see as the role of automation in accounting going forward, and how does it work together with the human element? Yeah, so automation to this point has all been focused on being able to get to data better, right? Okay. That So really, we've spent in the past decade probably 80% of our time trying to grab the right data okay. and 20% of our time analyzing it. Well, what we're really trying to drive towards is the goal of spending 20% of our time getting the data and 80% of our time analyzing the data so that we can help our clients make better decisions with the data so that we as a business can make better decisions with the data that we have. So I think the goal is to get as much information in as organized a fashion as we can to lay out different scenarios for our clients and for our people to make good decisions. The role in accounting is to do that to where there's confidence, that there's completeness, right? because that's a big part of what we do. Did you really have the complete data set? And did you have all of the transactions that were in there, all of the factors that need to be considered? So number one, giving assurance that there's completeness. And then number two is taking that data and here's where the human element comes into your question is the, the, there's not an AI in that data right now. It can't take the data and then process it and make the best decision for you. It needs us as the advisors to our clients to take that data, to have the conversations with our clients, to know what their needs are and what their concerns are and be that liaison, be the intersecting point between the data and what they're concerned about and present for them the best roadmap possible for moving forward. So that's where it intersects is with us as the advisors to our clients. Well, and it goes back to what you're talking about needing to know how to communicate. Oh, it's a, it's true. It's tremendously important. People, when I interview young people and they say, what's one of the most important skills I need to have to be successful in my job here? It's the first thing I say all the time, great communication skills, because you could be the smartest person in the room, but if you can't relate what you know to others, then you're just looked at really as a savant, somebody that I can't understand, but you're at a distance from me versus embraced by me because you make me feel smarter. You make me understand this better. And I feel like I make better decisions because of you. If you can't communicate it to me, that knowledge is only worth so much. I 100% agree with you. So it seems like technology and staying current is really important and being innovative is. So how do you make that part of your culture? So innovation is a massive part of our culture. We actually work with outside consultants who don't work with us, who come in specifically to focus on innovation in our business. And innovation really sometimes is confusing. You say the word innovation and people think, well, it's internal efficiencies. Well, that's really not what we mean by innovation. What we mean by innovation is more tip of the spear, meaning something that someone hasn't done yet or taking something we're doing and 
creating a process behind it that maybe you can generate revenue from that could become a new service line or something else that would be valuable to our clients. So we bring in advisors who think creatively because as accountants, we can be a little lean towards the left side of our brain, a little analytic, a little structured and not tap into the right side of our brain, which is much more people oriented, much more holistic and creative. So we bring resources in to force us to think that way and do that. And we go through exercises and it, and it makes us better. No, I, I absolutely love that. I think that it's important to, again, push outside of your box. Absolutely. I think true joy comes once you get to the other side of doing something that you thought was impossible to do, where you really challenge yourself. And right after you get to the other side of it, you think, I can't believe I accomplished that. That's where true joy is found. I agree with you. So, uh, you guys have been so involved with Kennesaw State for numerous years. What really has motivated you to be a part of our university and to be involved so heavily? We think with um, the advantages of being a business in Atlanta, that's terrific and it's wonderful. But with those advantages comes tremendous responsibilities. And we think part of our responsibility is to help to develop the next generation. In fact, our vision, called Vision 2030, is to exponentially grow in all we do to transform ourselves into a nationally recognized brand while continuing our history of top performance to create a positive impact on future generations. What we're doing now is great, but what I always hope for is that the people that come in behind me, behind us, do it better than we did it. The only way we're going to do that is if we invest time at Kennesaw State And if we invest time in the students that are coming out of Kennesaw State and in the faculty that's at Kennesaw State to help them be better so that they can prepare the best future generation to lead our business, to work at our clients, to build our community. And so we feel it's a responsibility, and that's why we're really committed to Kennesaw State now and look to only increase that as we work together in the future. Well, I know that's going to help you get those recruits in. Well, it's obviously something we want to be successful in is to recruit more students and for them to know that Smith & Howard can be a great career for them. I mean, I'm the chief executive officer of the organization. I was an intern 29 years before that. So I think it's a great story. It's a fabulous story. To tell, and it's reality, and it's something that they can see, smell, touch, right? Mm -hmm. And it's right in their own backyard. Um, a growing organization, but we need recruits to be able to grow. Like I said at the very beginning, the only thing that slows our growth is having enough people to fulfill the, the growth opportunities that we have in front of us. Well, with you innovating, you're going to need people to help Absolutely. you with those new products and services. So over the past 12 years, Smith & Howard has been a top place to work. What are some of the things that the organization has done to maintain high morale and build that kind of culture people want to be a part of? Well, I just actually emailed out yesterday uh, uh, a report from Smith & Howard that we actually made it for the 13th year in a row. We could announce it as of yesterday that for the 13th consecutive year, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has named us a best place to work. So what goes into that? I think it's investing in people. It's, It's really taking the time to have your doors open, to constantly visit with people, to find out what they're doing. Small example, I do stay interviews with some of our people at the firm where 
a stay interview is not an exit interview. No, these are... It's the same question you ask, but while they're working there, because I'd like to know right now how you feel about your job. Are we providing enough employee recognition? How's your compensation and your benefits? How do you feel about those? These questions that you normally wait to ask someone after they've left, no, we ask people while they're here and doing a good job and seemingly happy in their job so that we can address things that really matter to people, right, while they're still there. So we do a series of things to reinvest in our people. We'll measure engagement. We'll do surveys with our people to see how engaged they are, things they might want to do. We create teams and get their feedback on, are they enjoying the space that they come to every day? Is there something we can do to the office space or to their work environment? When they had to start working from home because of COVID, Mm -hmm. we basically duplicated their office environment in their home. So we put all of the equipment that they needed there to where it was easy for them to plug and play, whether they're at home or at the office. And we maintain a flexible work environment where we want you to be at the office some, but we also want you to work at home some because we feel like a nice integrated work life uh, relationship is critical to happy and successful employees. I think the conversation about work-life balance is when so many companies are now starting to have. It, it is, and, and, and I intentionally use the word integration because I think finding work-life balance where this is the only space for work and this is the only space for personal or this is the only time for both, those lines are very blurred now. And so we really like for people to integrate their work and their life. And what I mean by that, if you open my calendar right now at the office, it would show you that I'm here at Kennesaw State, and that's a work item. But this afternoon at 2.30, I've got a personal item on my calendar so that our employees, everyone knows that I'm going to be handling something personal. So my work and my life is very integrated, and we really encourage employees to try to work towards an integration of the two. Because if if you treat your career very differently than what you do in your personal life, the career can start to become treated as less important or maybe the place you work. Whereas if you try to integrate some of that, maybe sharing some friends at both work and, and, and coworkers that you spend a lot of time with, I think that helps for people to find true balance. Well, I think having a CEO that emulates that is perfect. So you once said, if we are not striving for excellence, then we are not living our purpose. How do you define excellence? So at Smith & Howard, we define excellence as being smarter, better, every day. That's how we define excellence. So it's taking what we're already doing historically very well and incrementally just looking to improve it. Uh, As an accountant, obviously, I'm sort of a math nerd, but one to the power of one is one. One to the power of 1.01 in a year is 37. So 0.01 of effort over a period of time makes you, in that case, 37 times more valuable than you were at the start. And so when we look at excellence, to get to excellence, you just have to Look to become incrementally smarter, incrementally better, and you need to do it every day. And there's a question I ask our employees when they leave. Each day, ask yourself, what did I do today to either shine or tarnish my brand as an individual and Smith & Howard's brand? 
And if you can answer positively that you've shined the brand in some way, then you got smarter, better that day. Well, I think we're all a little smarter and better from learning from you today. So thank thank you for being on Building Bold Connections with us, Sean. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Tyra. Thank you for listening to Building Bold Connections. This has been a Coles College and Joel A. Katz Music and Entertainment Business Program production.